Okay, you all good? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. Welcome back to the B2C Lead Gen Podcast. My name is Daniel Hopeful here with Simon Delaney and this is episode 98. How to identify where your sales are coming from and make more of them. Um, and we're going to be looking at this from the perspective of buying leads and we're going to quickly set out how to make sense of the data that you have and isolate individual moments that are leading to sales. Simon, um, let's begin with the beginning. What's the first thing to consider when you're, people who are buying leads are analysing the data trying to work out what's happening? I think the at the top level, the first thing you want to do is try and automate some of the reporting um, so that you can see it as sort of relatively high level um what's working and what isn't um and then dig further in at that point rather than the sort of minutiae immediately you just want to be able to run some quick reports see what's working what isn't um automate that so that it's just you know you can have eyeballs on it like every minute of the day if you want or check it every hour whatever it is the time frames that you're working to um what you'll tend to see is, is either like one of those things or none of those things um, happen, which is generally the problem. Well, you're going to say, you know, we're not, we've not just uh, randomly come up with this podcast without um, realizing there is a slight problem in the way that not everybody, but a lot of people, a lot of companies buy leads to currently do this. Um, so let's just establish that like for the average person who might be making this mistake, what does that mistake look like? So the, I think the main thing people do is they they treat it quite they treat it at, at, as a binary thing at a very high level. So it's like this channel isn't working, mm-hmm. or this source isn't working, um, or this source is great and this channel is great, and they'll dismiss as in turn off channels or sources or whatever um, at a relatively high level um, that they think aren't working. The issue with that is that in both of those scenarios, the devil is actually in the detail Mm. because in both cases, what you'll find is there will be individual elements of the data that make up, we're talking about leads, um, that lead to sales. So even from a really bad source, if you dig into it, generally you'll see they might have individual ads, individual landing pages, individual snippets of information that are actually over-indexing far above anything else that they're doing. And so the key is to maximize those and be able to find that information out quickly. And it's the same with the sources that are performing really well. I've done this loads in the past before, right? We've gone like, this source is amazing. Um, You know, we're buying leads from X. It's all working really well. But the moment you actually start digging into it, let's imagine there were five ads that were running and you're getting all the leads off it. You're making sales, whatever else. And then you're analyzing just at a top level. This is working really well, but then you dig it back to the ads. And of those ads, three were actually performing really badly and two were performing really well. The thing is, because nobody's actually tracking that information um, at an ad level or a sort of granular level, they're not picking up on what's over-indexing and what isn't. And that, is the main issue because if you can start to 
pick into those individual moments that are driving really hard sales hard sales the wrong word really driving the sales could be mm. hard sales no you want them to be easy sales driving the easy sales um that's actually where you're going to use data analytics to really turbocharge your results yeah i think um this is an interesting viewpoint to come here from because a lot of the time we talk about tactics that you can do before you actually analyze everything to make sure the sales happen, to make sure the intent's best to buy better leads, all that kind of stuff that we talk about all the time. But this is more what you can do once you've got the data to refine your process and actually tweak it. And I guess I don't want to generalize, but what we're sort of talking about here is encouraging people to have a more sophisticated approach to how they're handling the data and to actually get better insights from that data, which is going to improve their performance. Yeah, and the key thing is, is getting the data in the first place, right? Yeah, and that means the ad that's generating the lead, the keyword that's generating it, the native article, the sub 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 affiliate, whatever it is, you need to get all that information in addition to the lead itself from the source it's coming from or the channel it's coming from. So these could be keywords if you're buying PPC leads, and marketers know this, right? But the thing is, if you're working with third-party suppliers and they can drive a cheaper CPC on their end with a particular type of ad that isn't necessarily performing as well, but you're buying it because the overall standard is still as good. Um, as in, you know, like the overall average is acceptable to the CPA that you're working to. But the reality is you want less leads and more sales. So you'd be better off exploring the ads that are really over-indexing, improving and reiterating on those dropping the ones that don't work and paying a higher CPL because you're getting much higher conversion rates. But it all comes down to receiving the right data in the first place. And this is really what the secret of analyzing data to make more sales is about, is getting the right information so that you can determine the exact microscopic moments that are actually driving the sales. Because if you don't get that data, you can't do any of it. You're stuck at a high level of that source, that channel. I'm going to ask a basic question about what I often do. I try and think of it from the perspective of the listener who might be wanting me to ask this question to. Um, so if I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, right, I, I agree in theory on this, but like, I don't have access to that information. Like, I don't know. All I know is like what channels performing, like what, how do people get more granular essentially in basic terms? How do they go and get that information to give them the insights they need? They need? So let's imagine you're buying leads from a third party and that third party has their own brand. They have like a series of landing pages. They're buying lead or you've got different sources that are using keywords. Some on, uh, are using PPC, some are using native advertorials. Some might be using affiliates um, as in email affiliates um, and others are using ads on Facebook, TikTok and somewhere else. First thing is you want to know what those ads are, the keywords, and you want those passed in the leads either as an identifier of the ad, even if it's like ad one, ad two, ad three, ad four, or get the keyword passed in itself. So the very thing that has attracted that person to come into the lead generation brand in the first place, you want to know at an individual level what that actually is. Then you want to know the landing page or whatever it is that's generating a lead. It could be a phone call, it could be a landing page, 
Um, it could be a face-to-face. -face. You want to know the agent that's generating the leads if it's face-to-face, -face, the agent if it's uh, telephone leads. You want all of that passed within the data itself. So then when you look at overall reports at a high level, you're just seeing um, high performance, low performance, and then you can dig into the granular moments of high performance and low performance and actually see um, at a code level, as in add one, add two, exactly where the sales are coming from. And you can go back to the source that is generating the leads and go, you're over-indexing on sales massively from these particular ads or these keywords or whatever it is. Can we build more like that, drop these other ones that aren't um, performing, and we will pay you a higher CPL if we can achieve the same conversion rates overall that we're getting from these two ads out of the five that you're sending me? You, you've got to have the data to do this. Yeah, I was going to say there's almost two aspects to this, just to clarify. There's what the title is, how to go in there and identify where they're coming from. And I say the moment, but before that, there's a step that we need to sort of establish, which is making sure the correct systems are in place to receive data in the right way and actually give you that data you need. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, whether or not you can run those really granular reports in systems that you're using, if you can't, you need to create webhooks into another system um, with that data. So, you know, um, if you want to go like really granular and build massive reports and see it all in pie charts and whatever else, you could use Tableau or um, Microsoft BI or, you know, whatever it is that you want to use. If you want to do it at a sort of, I don't know, more Google Sheets or Excel level, um, you know, I'm sure you can build those reports out. The idea is that you can just automate it so you're not having to do any of it manually. So I wouldn't use mm. Excel or try and use um, G Sheets and actually feed the information back in. Um, but yeah, you've got to go granular. You need all that information. It's the same with affiliates. You know, you want to be knowing if there's different email creatives, for example, that are being sent out, which creative is driving it, which subsource, which list that's being used, which landing page, all this information. And it might feel like it's overkill, but it's not overkill, or you stop seeing it as overkill if you improve your conversion rates by 20% from every source that you're dealing with, right? Like, exactly. it feels like underkill. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's an interesting way of looking at it because, like I say, we spend so long looking at how to make sure the data is good and how to handle it that we don't often do it retroactively to go back and say, right, what's there? How can we improve it? Which kind of moves me around to the next point. And I'm a bit wary about bringing this up because, you know, I forewarn people, we don't switch off the minute you hear me talk about it. But everyone's talking about AI at the moment. At least you can't go on LinkedIn without reading some sort of, you know, post about how to use it. And I don't want to, veer into territory and bore people who are fed up with it but in this context it can be pretty useful and like you know how can people listening use ai machine learning that kind of thing give them better insights because that's how i think that's how i initially think of ai in this context is understanding data like that. big data that's what it's useful right yeah so i think there's three things um within this just related to what you've said so one is um in relation to talking about it, um, someone said to me um, about the, this podcast and about um, LinkedIn posts that we do and stuff like that, that you go real, real tactical, real quickly. Um, and what they, no, as in they were like, <laughs> you know, you maybe should talk more overarching and things. But the reality is, um, 
the people that I personally follow, I think you're the same, and the, whether people are listening or not, um, it's quite easy to talk about overarching concepts, right? Like I can easily talk about AI. Like I could just put chat GPT, tell me about yourself. But it's quite difficult to actually go tactical because it means that you have to know what you're doing. Like you can only talk at a tactical level and um, if you can actually implement it and do it and have like a vision of what needs to happen. And so that's why um, I think it's good to talk about AI, but do it at like a tactical level. So how exactly, like you said, how on earth can you use it to do this rather than just, oh, AI is great, go and implement it. And it's like, well, yeah, how the fuck do I go and do that? <laughs> <laughs> like doesn't yeah. it's it, I I don't find any use. All the people uh, that I follow and listen to and stuff, they go real tactical, real quick, and tell me how to do things. Um. So the the second thing I want to mention is we uh, and I think we've mentioned this in the podcast before, but I'll mention it again. We actually built a machine learning program in Databall. We don't want to talk about Databall. I'm just going to tell you this anyway because I find it. Uh, I was just talking about it earlier with a couple of colleagues. Um, I think we started building it six or seven years ago, right? Long time ago. And it works in a very similar way um, with natural language processing. And in fact, you know one of the data scientists um, that came and yeah. worked on it. Um, yeah, I think you were at uni with him. Um, who... Yeah, I messaged him. He was, he was like, I need a job. I'm like, I've got a fun project for you. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it works in a very similar way to uh, ChatGPT. Yeah. The interesting thing is, six or seven years ago, we literally could not give this fucking thing away. <laughs> like, I actually stopped, and this is what we've spoken about on the podcast before, I actually stopped talking about it at one point, right? We tried for six months, maybe a year, to get different companies to use it, realize the benefits of it, how they could implement it in their um, systems and processes, and how it can improve like their analytics and whatever. And for anyone listening, and if you you one of the people I spoke to, like you'll know I fucking talked about this thing constantly for a long period of time. And internally, mm. I get really excited and be like, we're gonna be changing the world with this fucking thing. No one on earth is doing this. This is gonna be amazing. And for anyone that's listening, no one would take it. Everyone, it was just like it was just bizarre. It was like, nah, uh, our dialer manager does that. And it, your AI isn't going to know when someone's on their period or someone had a bad night. I was like, yeah, it's a bit more like, you know, think of it as like more overall than that. Um, so I, we have direct experience <laughs> of like, how this can be perceived. But I think that we're now reaching a sort of tipping point in terms of machine learning where people are really beginning to understand it. And I... I'm almost upset for us in a way because I wish like we'd have done this seven years later because it'd have been a shitload easier to push out than it was seven years ago and the heartache and pain that we went through with it. Anyway, enough about that. Um, so I'll tell you like at a high level, like because we've literally done this, um, how to use it. And I've got a few thoughts on it. So number one, if you're buying leads, Everything that I just said about examining the granular moments that make a sale is basically what machine learning is going to be doing, right? But it's actually doing it in advance. 
So rather than you running a report to find out, oh, I need to go and spend budget there, when a lead comes in, it gives you a probability score of the likelihood of that lead to convert to be a customer. But it doesn't just do that. It tells you what to do with that lead to enhance the probability of that person becoming a customer. Send it to this person. Send it this message. Say this thing. This is the pain point. This is whatever. And that is the difference machine learning will make that everything we've been talking about in terms of analytics it will do on the fly immediately with every single lead coming in giving you the absolute perfect journey to take that person from prospect to customer and you no longer have to worry about over indexing and under indexing because you just build rules that go well if it's under a 35 percent chance of converting we're fucking rejecting it whatever it is that's you know like this is reality or we're only going to pay this much for it that's what ai pushed into a lead management system does there's another thing on top of this which is um i saw someone talk mention this on um linkedin earlier and i thought it was interesting i don't know whether it'd be true or not there's going to be a premium on human interaction now Everyone's building bots. Every time I open my email, I've got a guy selling me a bot for generating leads, right? You know, it just talks back to you. It's a qualification. It's like qualification thing, but imagine it's like, because it, it's natural language processing, it's just going like backwards and forwards and saying, um, you know, answering questions and really, really digging in and then booking appointments. So the idea is you can use it for out of our leads and you can like perfect the journey this person goes through and whatever. You have to train it to do this. But we've all had this experience with our banks when a lot of banks moved, um, let's say in the UK, and I know it's the same in the US, where they moved their um, call centers offshore and they started closing down branches that you could go and visit. And there was like a, you know, people now still get pissed off about it. They're like, I just want to speak to someone um, who understands clearly what I'm saying. I don't want it to be a bot. I either want to go into a store or I want to speak to someone um, who I can just like, you know, get instantly like the result that I want. So what I find really interesting is, is lead generation going to go in two ways where we have like AI completing sales effectively through bots and chats and whatever else. And then a more premium experience where it becomes like expertise with a person. And there's like a, it's like a concierge service that it's uh, going through. Um, so that's one way, that's the other way I'm thinking what the future is um, potentially, but it's a good way of generating leads. You know, if you've got a bot that can just go through and answer perfectly every question that someone has and, um, you know, rather than filling a form in, they're just sort of chatting to someone. That's what it feels yeah. like. And you're up front with them, this is a bot. And then, you know, at the end of it, you have a perfectly crafted lead or this person is like absolutely optimized to potentially convert. Um, and then, you know, it's how, what sales process do you take them down? Are you going to use machine learning or are you now going to give them a human to speak with? What do you think? Well, I think the two is looking at it, like I say, there's machine learning and how that will be used in the sales process itself or to bring it back around to the podcast title, how you can take that data and uncover patterns. I mean, you can remember when we first did it, it was like weird stuff we found. Like there was one and it was like... Um, there was an inversely high correlation between people who had long street name addresses 
and their likelihood of buying organic vegetables. Like, yeah, you know, weird that. stuff yeah, that you just like, yeah. like it's things and data which no human would ever think to look for, but it finds. I feel weird flashbacks for this. And, that, and that's the thing with it. So I might not have like labored the point enough with machine learning when we talk about, you know, it's not going to just be looking at ad sets and sources yeah. and whatever. It's literally like the length of your street name correlates to something of you <laughs> carrying something out and like more likely <laughs> to buy organic vegetables. And the, and the power in that is just... Isn't it? It's, it's, it's insane. To go back to what I like, say with... It's been about five, six years. I, I had some flashback. I remember writing an article when I first, yeah, I think I first probably started working here. And it was like, I think it was for The Times or something. It was like a top 100 companies thing. And I wrote an article about lead scoring and machine learning. And I was like, this is brilliant, but I don't know how much of an impact it had. But I just think I need to go find all that stuff, all this content and republish it because people are like, oh, people will be interested in that. Um, but they were <laughs> five years ago. Yeah. I think everyone was kind of like, this is interesting. Come to me when. Google have done it. I almost that was almost the attitude, which yes. you know I think is probably something we suffer from a lot. Um, but yeah, I think that was an interesting angle. I think um, yeah, we sort of veered slightly into machine learning territory, but just to bring it around to the podcast, these are it's about uncovering the data, understanding the data, and whether you use machine learning or you use granular tracking and report, whatever you use, it comes down to this idea we want to reinforce that you need to identify the specific moments that are leading to sales, not just thinking, oh, that channel works, that one doesn't. You need to go as granular as possible and adopt a sophisticated approach to actually analyzing the data you have, reassessing your strategy based on that data and getting more from the data to make more sales. That's what it comes back to. I think, uh, I think that's the key home that people listening will hopefully, a uh, key take they'll, they'll take from this podcast and uh, yeah. And if anyone wants to speak to us about machine learning, uh, I've got years worth of content no one read, which might be of interest. So just uh, message me on, on LinkedIn. Um, but cool, yeah, that was uh, that was episode ninety-eight. How to identify where your sales are coming from and make more of them. Thanks for listening to the B two C Lead Generation Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe to hear more from those at the very cutting edge of the lead gen world.